Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Natsukashi Garage, and my name is Vincent. And today's episode, episode number four, I want to talk about updates on my 8.6. Uh, my last episode, I was able to get two podium finishes on my last race, but unfortunately, day two of qualifying, I blew up my motor. And right now, my 8.6 is at my warehouse. I pulled out the motor. And just on visual inspection, there is a hole on the bottom part of the block where cylinder number one is at. And just looking at that, it kind of tells me that there must have been a lubrication issue that probably caused it to fail. Or maybe something internally like the Conrad bolts failed or, you know, the piston itself failed. Something internally went wrong. And uh, from past experiences, just from being at the track, Usually what kills motors are oil starvation or lubrication issues or overheating. It's not necessarily the internal parts inside that failed uh, for the most part. And uh, my motor itself is a fairly stock build. It's not pushing a lot of horsepower. Um, I didn't do a lot of power mods to it at all. So it led me to believe more it was more of a lubrication issue than anything else. And I got my motor on the motor stand and I pulled out the head just to see if there was any damage on the top part of the motor. And cylinder number one, it wasn't too bad of a damage. Uh, there's a little bit of some scoring around the valves of the head. And I think a little scoring around the, the cylinder head itself. And um, I'm not so sure if that's reusable or not, but I am going to keep it and maybe use it as like a, a core or something like that. So if I find another big port head, I can just swap it out. But for the most part, it did look pretty fine. And uh, now I continued on to disassemble the, the short block. And to do that, you have to rotate the motor 180 degrees to access the oil pan and uh, remove the oil pan. And as I rotated my block 180 degrees, uh, you can hear just the metal just clanking around and, uh, on the motor as I turn the motor itself. And it kind of told me like, man, this was a pretty big, you know, catastrophe. And so I continued on to remove the bolts from the oil pan and uh, knocked the oil pan loose, pulled it out. And you can just see the carnage in the oil pan where there's just bits of metal and piston ring and pistons just all over the place. It looked like a murder scene. So I pulled out some of the parts that was inside the oil pan that I could get because it was the, my oil pan is a baffled uh, MRP racing uh, oil pan. So there's a lot of, uh, I guess, trap doors and little vents and stuff and whatnot. Uh, so it's hard to kind of get these other smaller parts through those little small passages. And um, I did manage to find a piece of the bearing for the Conrad for cylinder one and that bearing was very thin and it was discolored like it was black it got very very hot to the point where the bearing just melted and uh, fused onto the Conrad uh, itself and the part of the missing Conrad or the part of the Conrad that broke off you can see um, part of the bearing fused in and that told me okay Definitely a lubrication issue because the bearings got too hot where it fused uh, to the actual Conrad itself. And um, the only way that can happen is a sudden loss in 
oil pressure or not enough lubrication to where you get a metal to metal contact. And I did pull up my oil log from my aim dash. And on the, on the telemetry, it showed that I was at 16 PSI at 6,000 RPM, right when the motor blew up, because right after that, I, I turn off the motor and then you just see like zero across the board because when it went boom, my instinct was just turn off the motor. And that's what I did. I killed the car and just coasted off to uh, a runoff. So hopefully, you know, I don't get hit or cause any issues to the other racers that are trying to get fast times. And um, so that sudden loss in pressure caused the bearings to fuse and unfortunately blew up my motor. And judging from the location where it's cylinder number one, um, cylinder number one is actually the first cylinder to get lubrication. So since I got that sudden loss, cylinder number one was the first one to go, which makes more sense too. And you can just see the just the carnage where unfortunately when that bearings failed, it was just a chain of events of reaction where unfortunately the Conrad, uh, top part of the Conrad bent it's ruined the piston to where it smashed it and you know all the shrapnel ended up some parts going high up to hit the head and you know cause the damage and um i did continue to disassemble the motor so i can look at the bearings for cylinder two to four and the conrad bearings on those cylinders showed that uh there's some scoring and some discoloration going on and that further led me to believe definitely oil issue. It's just that two to four didn't blow up because one blew up first. And um, uh, so that was the issue with that, with the Conrad bearings. And I was thinking, could it be possibly also maybe the, the Conrad bolts itself failed too, or that failed first in the bearings. But I did check the Conrad bolts on cylinders two to four and the nuts on the Conrad bolt were not loose. They're actually pretty tight. And just on visual inspection from the rods, they weren't bent or mangled. Just from visual inspection. So that kind of told me, okay, it's probably not the Conrad bolts. Um, so that, that was a good thing. And then I continued to disassemble the motor to where I uh, pulled out the main cap bearings for the crankshaft. And on the main cap bearings, they look pretty good. Um, it wasn't showing any discoloration. It showed some normal wear, but nothing scoring or accelerated wear or something weird going on in those bearings. So at least that told me that the main bearings are getting lubricated pretty well before the motor went boom. And um, so that, that's a good thing. It, it kind of told me, okay, well, I probably assembled the motor correctly then. It's just unfortunately you know, oil starvation caused the motor to blow up, not because of your assembly error or something like that. And um, I also wondered what could have caused the starvation because you kind of have to find the cause, like what caused my motor to oil starve in the first place because you don't want to rebuild the motor and do the same thing again. So um, I pulled out the oil pump thinking, okay, my oil pump probably failed because you know, it's not picking up any oil, something probably went bad internally. And I was reading online where Toyota uh, had the first generation oil pumps for these 4AGs and they were notoriously known to fail because the design on the oil gear itself 
was like a trapezoidal square tooth design. And that square tooth uh, can't take the high RPM limits or sustain high RPMs and they will crack and just disintegrate on its own. So the second generation and the later models of the 4AG pumps came with uh, a more, a smoother tooth design where it's kind of like, um, I guess the rolling hills where it, it's smooth, it has those nice smooth curves and they were thicker too. But the only way to know that is disassembling the oil pump and it's not too hard. It's just basically four screws, you unscrew it and you're able to see the pump gears. And when I disassembled my oil pump, I noticed it had the updated Toyota pump gears. It had the thicker gear oil and, or the thicker gears and the smooth uh, rounded tooth design. So, and I was able to even rotate it easily. So the pump didn't fill at all. And uh, so what caused the starvation, right? Like what, what happened? So the only thing I did at Eagles Canyon differently modification wise was putting more grippier tires. I switched from NT01s to Advent AO52s, or sorry, AO50s, which are more grippier than an NT01 tire. I know NT01s are 100 diver tires on the Advans. They don't really show the grip rating on it, and all it just says is competition use only. NT01 says the same thing too with competition use, but they have a thoroughbred rating. This one doesn't, but I can definitely tell just from driving the car, it was a lot more grippier. I would definitely say 20% more grippier than a new NT01. And uh, looking at my uh, aim telemetry, some of these corners, I was hitting 1.5 Gs. I wasn't like sustaining them for a long time, but like initial turn in or till mid apex, I was pulling, you know, one and a half Gs. And that's the most I've seen on the telemetry on the eight, six with the NATO NT ones, I was pulling 1.1 G's at the max. And they're like brief periods. I was usually like less than one G on these tires and my NATO NT ones. I've had them for about a year and a half, just tracking them. So, you know, at, at the very end, they're heat cycled out. They weren't grippy like they were brand new. And I thinking that the higher G's, the higher grip that I got caused the oil starvation. And yeah, I have a legit MRP racing oil baffle pan and it's a very, very nice design. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just that unfortunately, the more grip you get, even with a baffle pan, oil will still slosh around. And there'll be a time where oil sloshes one way where the oil pickup isn't going to be picking up enough oil to, uh, lubricate the motor basically even with a baffle and um, I believe this is what caused my car to fail because there's nothing else that could indicate other failure you know oil pump checked out my conrods checked out um, and then I was looking back though for bearing clearances and on the motor build that I did on this motor that I blew, that unfortunately blew up my bearing clearance was 0.03 millimeters, which is within factory spec. Uh, factory spec for the 4AG is like 0.02 to 0.05 millimeter clearance, bearing clearance wise. So that small space is that is the part where the oil gets lubricated or the oil goes in to lubricate the, the bearing so you don't get the metal to metal contact. And I contacted uh, MRP Racing just to see what they recommend for bearing clearances if you track your car a lot. 
And my car is a purposely built or is purposely built for the track. It's not going to see much street use. And uh, at MRP, they emailed me saying that your bearing clearance were actually pretty tight. It's too tight uh, for the track. And it should be more of the 0 0.05 millimeter clearance. So it's a lot looser tolerances. And the reason why you kind of want a looser tolerance for track applications or racing applications, especially for most motors, is because when you accelerate hard or decel hard or the, the, the lateral G's from turning, you want it to be a little bit loose so that you can have some movement of the crank and the conrod moving around to where they're not causing any uh, metal to metal contact, even with the movements. And you, you know, you check that with the bearing clearance and also the thrust clearance, stuff like that. But you do want them loose to allow some movements from the G forces, from all the accelerating the cell turning. You want that. And yeah, some race motors like, precision race motors they're very very tight clearance uh, tolerances but the thing is that those are precision race motors they're they are built custom one-off type of thing well the 4ig is a mass-produced motor and uh, but unfortunately they're getting you know obviously uh, rare now because uh, toyota doesn't make them anymore but you know when they were brand new they're mass-produced so um with that in mind, you kind of have to adjust your clearances for what purpose you want it for. Uh, I would, you know, a 0 0.03 millimeter bearing clearance would be perfect for the street, but unfortunately for the track, it's just too thin. And I'm thinking just because of that thin or that smaller or tighter bearing clearance that I had, um, it also caused it to, for the bearing to unfortunately do metal to metal contact plus the associated lower oil PSI for it to um, go. And uh, so with that in mind, you know, for my next motor, what I'm going to do is upgrade my oil system. And there's two ways you can upgrade the oil system besides the baffling, which is um, you can do dry sump, which is probably the best way to avoid or fix oil issues. Or lubrication issues but the thing is that dry sumps are very expensive um mrp makes one and it's it's pretty pricey it's around three grand around that that price three grand usd for dry sump system and it's a full bolt-on kit but still you know three grand is is still money um i i that's even more than what my motor is going to cost me to rebuild and i do have a spare motor i'm not going to use the the motor that has a hole in it so uh, I do have a spare I'm rebuilding right now, but yeah, um, dry sump is pretty expensive. So the next option that I'm going to do though is AccuSump. So I retain my oil baffle pump, I mean my oil baffle pan, but added, adding an AccuSump. And what an AccuSump does is basically it's like an external oil reservoir where whenever you have a dip in oil pressure, like for me when it dipped down to like 16 PSI, um, AccuSump will dump, you know, it depends on the size of your AccuSump, but um, you can dump like a quart, uh, half a quart or two quarts of oil into your motor for those moments where you have a dip in oil pressure. And then when the oil pressure comes back up, the, the oil that was dumped into the motor goes back into the reservoir of the AccuSump. And it's a, it's a more cheaper option than dry sump. 
Um, AccuSumps are around $500 for a kit. And luckily, uh, I got one from my friend Tony where, you know, he's uh, he was selling his new AccuSump, didn't install it on his uh, Spec Miata and gave me a really good deal that I couldn't pass up. So thanks, Tony, for that. Uh, so I'm going to do that for my oil issue. And then I'm also going to adjust my bearing clearances to be more loose for the track. Uh, like I said, with the looser bearing clearances, it allows for more movement between the conrod and the crankshafts uh, for more movement for those hard D-cell acceleration and the lateral Gs uh, just to avoid any metal-to-metal -metal contact. And I'm hoping with these modifications that I do, it will hopefully help avoid me blowing up my second motor. And uh, we'll just have to see. Um, you know, only time can tell. And right now my spare motor has been disassembled. I disassembled it myself and I took it to the machine shop just to make sure that everything's still within spec and that I can still reuse my spare motor. And I did my measurements myself too, just because I want to learn and do it myself. So I have like a bore gauge and a micrometer and, um, I just want to verify that if my measurements were all right. And just two days ago, the machine shop called me uh, telling me that, yeah, everything's all within spec, it's standard size, and I can reuse my pistons, my conrods, and my block, basically, which I'm pretty happy for. And um, I am going to upgrade, though, to ARP bolts internally. So I only use ARP conrod bolts and ARP main studs. The reason why is just mainly because while the motor is out and disassembled, I might as well upgrade a few internals just for longevity-wise. Um, I know that the, the bolts that was on my previous motor didn't fail, but just for longevity, I'm hoping that these uh, MRP bolts provide a better clamping force and uh, make it more consistent with the bearing clearances and everything else. Um, and then just take it from there. But I do hope that I, I able to reassemble my spare motor in time for Hallett next month and, uh, hopefully go racing and maybe get another podium finish. I hope, you know, I, I really want to get another podium finish and, you know, say to myself that this wasn't just luck, you know, I want to be a fast driver in my class and, and, uh, hopefully I can achieve that. So that's pretty much it for uh, today's episode. Um, thanks for listening and stay tuned for more. All right. Bye.